All right, guys, welcome back to Growth Minds. We are here with the WWE superstar, Mandy Rose. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, so I heard that you've been a big dancer when you were when you were young. Yes. Hip hop, right? Hip hop and Hip-hop ballet. Was my and- favorite, yeah. Ballet, I wasn't too crazy about. I mean, I kind of just did it for like fundamentals and like, yeah. Um, but yeah, ballet, modern, jazz, and hip hop. Dan, what, how old are you when you were doing it? So I started dance very young. I started ballet actually, like probably like five years old. Um, you know, wow. just my mom putting me in dance, keep me active. And um, I grew up with three older brothers. So it was mm. also like, you know, their first girl and they were like, she's going to go dance, you know, because I'm always like playing outside with the boys. Yeah. But um, and then I, I kind of continued to do it, but I stopped for a little bit. I got really busy with sports and then I got um, more involved in dance again in high school when I was a part of Yorktown Dance Company, which was more like hip hop. Right, right. Yeah. I actually used to break dance Get when out. I was about 13 for wow. about a year or two. Yeah. And that I can't do. So you might have to teach me some it's, break It's dancing. a different <laughs> skill. Yeah. But part of me wishes I did hip hop because, I mean, like, how long can you break dance for? Like, I can't break dance yeah. now. And you need good cardio. For you need good dance. cardio. Yeah. You need flexibility. Whereas hip hop, you can just break that down at a club, you know, you can just break that down. Yeah, that's true. But you could just break down the the break dancing too. I mean, a couple couple of vodka shots, (laughs) a couple of tequila shots will will need me for sure. Um, So this is, you've had a a fascinating childhood. I've heard that uh, your nickname was Hamburger. I knew that was going to be the next one. Uh, It has to be. I could just feel it. Yeah. Which is just ironic because you were so into fitness and- And the hamburger is obviously so it's a little bit contrasting, you know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, and we still, it, it's just, a, it's a great story, obviously, now, because it's like, you know, my nickname was Hamburgers, and people look at me and they're like, how is your nickname Hamburger? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, growing up, I loved, I still do. I loved, loved food. Um, and my brothers thought it was funny one day that I was, loving the McDonald's hamburger that I was eating at the moment and I wanted another one but it was like the way I said it and like it just stood with my I guess was stuck with my brother since then because they asked me um how many hamburgers you gonna eat and I was like little and I was like a hundred and I said it like that too so they were just like oh my god so my nickname was hamburgers ever since ever since then yep and now they feel terrible because I do tell this story like everywhere and they're (laughs) like oh my god like you're gonna make us look like bullies and stuff I'm like yes no it's a good story you know because I mean it didn't stop me from like you know, training and, and I, I, of course I didn't battle, like I didn't grow up with like, you know, uh, I wasn't like obese or anything, but like I did have some, you know, body issues and body struggles growing up because I finally developed like fitness and it made me like, you know, really love my curves and really embrace my curves way more. So there is a story with it, you know? What was the struggle behind that though? It was more like, I guess, my body type growing up too, because I, I did do a little gymnastics. I was always a little bit thicker mm. and um, and I'm a little bit shorter too. So I felt like I, I don't know, for some reason I just, uh, like my legs were always bigger and I just, for some reason, never really liked my legs that much. Like that was mm. like the least favorite part of my body growing up. But until I started like dancing and getting into fitness and really like turning all that into like a lot of muscle, yeah. I realized that I was like, oh no, like dude, my legs are my favorite part of my body now. And like, wow. I, I love it. So um, it was just finding that balance. And of course, you know, everyone goes through it growing up when you, you know, different. You have in- all these insecurities, yeah, of right? Course. So developing that and like finally, like really, you know, loving the way I look and embracing it was like, and then I just wanted to keep you know, progressing and getting, getting better and, and more involved in fitness. What, what was the shift for you? Because for me growing up, 
because I, I was born in Korea. Mm -hmm. So I would have freckles, which is very rare for like an Asian to have freckles growing up. Really? And in Korea, it's, it's, it's just like a societal uh, beauty standard. It's, it's not like a big thing. Okay. So for me, I was very insecure about that when I was growing up. But then I moved to Canada, which is where I grew up. And people love freckles. Like it's yeah. a huge thing here in the Western society. So I started to embrace it. For sure. Because of the fact that I just moved to a different country. Um, what was that shift for you? Like how, when did you start to start to love yourself and how you, how you um, I guess, grew into it? Yeah. It was probably – so I started training um, with – a coach. And that's when I kind of, after college, I went on to do um, fitness competitions. And yeah. I always like, like I said, I always trained and was always active and athletic, but um, it was when I started really doing like bodybuilding and, and dieting and watching what I ate and kind of just being like on a consistent regimen. And um, it was probably the first time was probably when I stepped on stage for the first time um, in Boston mm. uh, with WBFF. I was doing a show. And like I said, I just didn't really know much about it, but I kind of like, you know, I was, and I was very like lean. I, I, I prefer myself a little bit, um, less as lean than I was then because it was yeah. for a show, but I just probably, that was the moment when I like looked back at videos and pictures and I was like, wow, like I look great. And I worked so hard to get to where I was there. Yeah. But the biggest part of that was like the, um, the aftermath of it was like maintaining it. And like also, you know, maybe being on stage looking that lean wasn't as sustainable to mm. an everyday lifestyle, especially now with what I do. But it was more about like finding that balance and being like, oh no, like, yeah, I love abs, of course, but like, yeah, I love food too. So I'm like, yeah. I have to balance it out. And now yeah. I, I've found, you know, I found that balance and it takes a lot of time, but it's like, you know, really um, finding it and, and trying to maintain it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, especially teenage girls that are very yes. insecure, just based on what standards they have to live mm -hmm. up to. I think it's partly changed because, you know, growing up, there was like, only a few channels that define how a guy should look mm -hmm. or how, you know, guys like Harry Chess was like a big thing in the yeah. 70s, right? Whereas now we have like YouTube, Instagram, we have all these different things. So these like curves are, are making a huge comeback now, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you never know what's going to be on trend. Exactly. And it's always, like... it, it's very true. And we're so impressionable, especially at a young age yeah. and what we see, you know, in magazines and whatnot. And I feel like that's why I do love to, you know, speak and, and, um, and talk in front of like young girls and guys, because it's like, you know, there's no image, like there's so yeah. many different, you know, sizes and, and, you know, different backgrounds and, and diversities and stuff. It's like, there's no image to uphold. Like, you know, you're, you're the most comfortable in your own skin, obviously. It doesn't matter, yes. of, you know, what you look like. So definitely finding definitely. that was a big revelation, I feel like for me. <laughs> was there a particular like girl or, or woman that you looked up to that, you know, growing up that you're like, oh, she's like someone that I want to be yeah, I mean, I probably honestly like I always loved like Beyonce to be honest because she was always like just seeing her perform too. Yes, she's just a boss. But like I loved like her body because she did mm. always like have those thick legs and like she just rocked it and like just she owns up to she it. Owns like, it. Yeah, she owns it. Yeah, she looks amazing. Honestly, oh, yeah. but like like that's like a you know I was like that's that's a woman. I'm like damn, she looks good. <laughs> damn, I mean you and 100 million other people. I'm sure. Yeah, so, I know, I mean, right? It's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, but. What I also found interesting was, you know, fitness and health is 
now this this new trend for you, but you actually studied uh, speech language speech pathology. Yep. Speech language pathology. Yep. So how did you get into that? What how's that been a fascination for you? So I always wanted to work with children growing up. I knew I always wanted to be a teacher. Like that was my you know I'd be in my room when I was little, and my mom and dad used to like kind of laugh because they'd hear me talking, and I'd like have my stuffed animals out, and I'd pretend I was teaching them. How old are you then? I don't even. I probably like like last 10. year. Yeah, I'm like oh, last <laughs> week. Call me last Christmas. <laughs> I still do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think it was also my escape too because I did yeah. grow up with three older brothers, and mm. I um, it's hard when you're when the big family and like you are the youngest and you're surrounded by like you know three strict older brothers and a father and like you didn't really get much say at the dinner table or if you did you know sometimes it was like. Mandy, shut up. Like, you know, like, you know, how mm. brothers can be mean, whatever. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like it, maybe it was me going in my room and pretending like I owned the stage and like, you know, I was the teacher. I don't know. I always think about that. That's probably part of it. Um, but yeah, so I would do that. And I knew I always wanted to be, um, work with children, but then my cousin was a speech language pathologist and she told me to look into it. It's a bigger field. There's, mm. um, you know, you can work with adults, you can work in different settings, hospitals, home cares, um, home care. So, I got involved in that and then I fell in love with that because it was actually like – it was really cool because I not only could work with children, um, but it, I could work with the adults and it was so rewarding. Yeah. Like helping someone that I had. I had a client with aphasia who had a stroke um, wow. in at Iona when I did clinic and it was very rewarding because she was an older lady and I like kind of developed this relationship with her and I was learning. You know, I wasn't like a professional at it, but I was learning and we developed a relationship, but I was like – very attached to her in the sense of like trying to help her, you know, recover her speech and her, you know, all different things. So, um, it was really cool. And I, you know, I went on to, I wanted to go get my master's, but I ended up just taking a different route and, uh, you know, the rest is history, but I always have that in, you know, in the back of my head, you know, I could always go back to it. So do you think that that's what you would have done do you still think about that? Do you still think about pursuing that career on the side or just helping people for... I think the helping people is like probably um, the... the, Like I think I even say like when I was competing, I was doing... I was bartending and waitressing and working Mm. at my dad's deli as well and competing and training. And I was just always independent and just a go-getter and always loved to work and hustle. But I feel like every job that I had like taught me so much to where I am today to help me with things. Like I was a little shy growing up. So like working in You were shy, you said? Yeah, a little bit, which is weird. My last – someone else said that. They were like, you were shy? Just like – yeah, a little bit. Maybe maybe just like socially I would get like a little like nervous. And then when I started waitressing and bartending and – and um, working at my dad's deli, just mm. socializing with people other than like my little circle that I had at home or wherever it was. Your stuffed animals. Or my stuffed animals. <laughs> when people talk that. back to you, yeah, like, why are you talking like, back to me? It's like, wow, people, they, they animals. talk back. Yeah, they don't talk to you back. <laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe it's full circle. That's yeah, that maybe that's it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I developed so many more, like so much, you know, social skills and I really uh, like – it really taught me a lot. So I, I think, and then obviously the speech language pathology and um, being in clinic and, and, and feeling like I have a purpose, like I yeah. can help someone even when I was still learning, you know? Mm. So I feel like it all comes hand in hand because now today being in WWE, you know, a sports entertainer, we not only go out and perform in front of huge crowds, but we also, we also do a lot of community work, yeah. charity work, be a star rallies. We go and work with children. Um, you know, there's so many things that we're involved with that it kind of comes like full circle for me. For sure. Cool. Yeah. I mean, if if anything, you can start a nonprofit yeah. in that in that field, exactly. helping people. Yeah. So you never know. Yeah. They actually, Iona College actually reached out to me recently about doing something like being a spokesperson for them and coming and speaking and stuff, oh, cool. which is cool. Yeah. Well, 
Is that a big program? Is they have a big program for that? They do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So that'd be something cool that I could look into. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I have one older brother, but I'm not a guy, and also it's not huge. You have, you have three, right? And you're right. you're you obviously a younger sister. Yeah. So what was that like growing up? Were they just really? I imagine overprotective. So overprotective. Like yeah. People don't even know half the, the stories. Like, and I only tell like a little bit. And it was just sure the R-rated ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, they were just like. You know, they just, especially my one brother that were really close and were the closest in age, were 18 months apart. He just, like, we were best friends growing up, like, mm. literally, like, you know, like attached at the hip. We do everything, yeah. I, you know. So he was very just overprotective over me. And any of his friends that, you know, came over as we got older, like, they couldn't even look at me. It was like, don't even, don't Whoa. look at her. And I'm like, like, meanwhile, you know, we're close in age, you know, when you're in high school, especially too, like, everyone's yeah. kind of friends with everyone. Like, I'd show up to a party and my brother would be like, get out. Oh, uh, no, he'd be at the yeah, same party? Yeah, yes. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. And then um, he got a little bit better as, well, of course, as he, when he graduated from high school and I had one year left. So I was like, oh, this is great. But, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things where they, they you know, cared about me so much that they, didn't, they knew how they were a guy themselves. They knew how, you know, crazy men were and stuff yeah. at the time and were so impressionable and in high school. And so they were just protecting me and For I get sure. it. But, um, I have one funny story about my brother that I'll tell you. It's, it's, tell us now. Yeah. Um, so I'm in eighth grade in middle school and our middle school was next to our high school and he's a freshman in, in high school. And I had like a boyfriend and, you know, of course it was just like, I don't even know. We were in eighth grade. Yeah. We were talking on whatever. MSN. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> AOL. Whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're walking out of the gym, which was like the kind of like the entrance was by the high school. Yeah. And we were like holding hands, walking out. And, like, I had a weird feeling because I saw, like, a group of guys come, like, running. And it was, like, it was my brother, his, like, three friends. And they're all, like, running down the hill. And we're going up to go to the bus. And he comes straight at us. And he just punches the guy right in the face. Garrett Burns. For no reason? Tell the story. Yeah. For no reason. And I'm just, like, oh, my God. And I just, like, I'm, like, I'm so sorry. And I just, like, run, I think. And then later on, I was just, like, I was, like, crying at my mom. I'm, like, I can't believe he did that. But him and all his friends are just all laughing. But the kid oh is really funny God. and he, he didn't get hurt, you know, thankfully. But he um, was just like laughing about it. And like I tell this story and I think recently he reached out to me and he was dying because he heard like the story somewhere. And he's like, wow, I'll never forget that. He's like, <laughs> I got punched by Mandy Rose's brother. Well, it's funny <laughs> but, now, I guess, looking back. I know, but you're saying he was laughing about it then also. He was, yeah, because it wasn't like bad. Thank God he wasn't like, you know, down and out. Like afterwards yeah. he was just kind of like. And what? he started laughing and we were, and I was just like, oh, okay, well, there goes uh, anyone that's ever going to want to date me then when my brother's around. Oh, no. Yeah, so it was pretty rough. So how did that but, impact like future relationships that you have? <laughs> like, you must have that um, in the back of your head. Yeah, then I started dating some of their friends to get back at them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not really kidding. No. Um, well, yeah, it, they kind of, um, they were, they got a lot better. As yeah. I got older and they were more like, okay. Mandy's a grown woman and she's mature and she knows, you know, she's not dumb. Like she could handle herself. Like they were, they helped, they, you know, they got a little bit better about it. Do you think that partly attracted you to guys that your brothers couldn't beat up then? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Did that, you think that yeah. impacted a little no, bit? No, I mean a little bit. I mean, I just, I knew how my brothers were. So it was more just like, you know, I never really had any guys over, like, unless it was something serious, you know, my dad, my dad was really strict too. So it was like, I had uh, three was, brothers also very and bro- a dad. Oh, yeah. So my mom was the one that like, I'd go to for things when it comes, you know, when it came to anything 
personal in that sense, but like it was, yeah. it was rough. Yeah. I mean, it's just school- weird how they n- now look at me. Like they see me on TV, you know, or competing and, yeah. and now they're, they're so proud of me and so happy, you know, for me, they don't. Now not, you can now you can protect yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Stage, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I can their ass. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, high school relationships are already tough alone, but dealing know, with that is crazy. It's crazy. So. So yeah. then you you went to college. You studied speech language pathology, and then you started to get into fitness, mm-hmm. which is a big thing. You were already dancing, so that was part of your life. But how did you first really deep, uh, dive deep into it? It was just a friend that reached um, – I was waitressing with a friend and she's like, you know, I could so see you doing this. Why don't you go and um, compete? And I was like, ah, oh, you know, I wasn't really sure about it, but I'm very like open-minded. And I was like, oh, let me give it a shot. I got some free time on my hands right now. Yeah. So I started training with a coach and we kind of went through the process. And I didn't have any plans on doing the actual show, but it happened to be like – a Boston show in June. Mm. And she's like, yeah, you could so do it. Like, why don't you do it? So I, I did it. It was a lot of fun, the whole process, but I didn't expect to come in first place. I didn't expect to like see, like get anything out of it either. Cause I was just kind of going with the flow. Yeah. And that's when I then started to like build my Instagram and, you know, do photo shoots and realize that I was like, Oh, I kind of love this. This is cool. And I really started like, it was like the one time in my life that I felt like, you know, besides trying to help others, it was more like, I felt like I was doing something for myself and like I felt like I was like, wow, this is maybe where I, I, sh- I should be, hmm. you know, like it was it was weird. And then um, then I went on to Worlds in 2014 and I became the bikini world champion of 2014. Damn. So it was pretty cool. With like, And there was no training involved before that. Like you, like you I, just jumped into it. Really. I kind of just jumped into it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I switched coaches and I, um, you know, I trained like for a good you know, four or five, I was already, I already had a base of course from the previous show, but I trained again and and I got like a little bit fuller because bikini, we weren't like as muscular and I was a little bit too lean for the last show. So I, um, yeah, I got like in the best shape of my life and, and went out there and struck my stuff and, and I won, which was cool. And then I got, you know, a nice endorsement out of that, which kind of, you know, started my career in the sense of, you know, building my own brand. And I just kind of did a lot on my own. I just, I saw what other people were doing on Instagram. The big thing then when I was doing it was like a shout for shout with other girls to build our following. It was always like shout for shout. So I did that a lot. Like I'd wake up in the morning and I remember like being on my phone and computer and like, and I'd really like try hard at it. And like, mm. I remember people like would, my brothers too, actually, some people would make fun of me like about the selfies I would take or like whatever it is. Yeah. But I'm like, no, don't worry. Like it's what, you know, don't worry. There's a purpose. And I would never go like overboard, but I kind of like got obsessed with it a little bit. Yeah. You knew that it was a strategy it to get strategy. to where you, where exactly. you want to get to. And yes. now I look back at it like, no, look at me now, you know, like yeah. it's a huge business and I was doing it for a reason. But I really didn't know that at the time at that much. I just knew that yeah. it was going to go somewhere. I mean, it was Instagram. Instagram was kind of barely Yeah, it was like in that. It, it was, yeah. especially in like the fitness industry alone. Like I remember a few girls that still like um, stand out to me as like being like the almost like the front runners of like starting like their the fitness side of it. Like yeah. that I would like kind of like try to emulate and like follow and I was friends with. And, and um, you know, now, of course, I look back to it's like now I have a whole nother demographic with WWE which is cool but yes. you know I like to try to keep that fitness um demographic as well yeah and did you know that building a social media following you thought did you know like what the next step was or you just thought okay this is seems to be like what other people are doing yeah. so you had like you just knew that one step ahead. I just kind of knew yeah I didn't know much like you know I knew that I I knew that I could 
take it somewhere and I knew it would go somewhere. Like I had high hopes, but I also didn't really know where. And I'm kind of like a, I just kind of go with the flow too. Like if something comes at me and I, and I think it's a good, good opportunity. And if it's not, well, that's the only way I'm going to try. Like I was a big like risk taker. I was like, well, let's just try it out. You know, you never know. And that's what I did after I competed. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to take this even further. Like, mm. um, I wanted to just, I don't know. I wanted to take it bigger. And that's when I got recruited for the reality show tough enough. Yes. And that was like a big, like, I don't know if this is where I want to go with, if I want to get into WWE, if this is the route I want to take. Right. But I said, let me try it. I did the Skype interview and they picked me for the show. Um, and yeah, so it was like, if I didn't do that, you know, I might not be here today so it's crazy i mean there is a pattern with you which is you're just very curious Mm -hmm. you're open-minded and i think a lot of people think about like being very strategic about like oh like what what's the three next step that's going to happen after this but yeah you you don't know what you don't know you know at the end of the day and it seems like for you it's just taking that next step you're always open-minded and who knew who knew you would be here yeah exactly growing up and i feel like now with more experience i i I do try to like with certain things, I will try to take more strategic steps of like, or, or even planning like, you know, three months, six months, whatever it may be, because now yeah. I have a little bit more experience. Yeah. And more options now. Exactly. You do have to more be strategic. Options and it's like, you know, bigger things. But like at the time, yeah, it was like, kind of just like, well, you never know. What, what do yeah. I have to lose? I'm young, you know? Wow. And were you still working at bars yeah. when you were doing these bikini challenges? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and this, that was a really yes. hard, um, challenge because I would be waitressing and working late at night, bartending around amazing, good Italian food all the time, yeah. working at my dad's deli sometimes during the day. Part-time. Wow. Part-time. He had his Italian deli. And so I was surrounded by food, the worst food you could have, cold cuts <laughs> and all that stuff, bread. <laughs> and then I would, I would train, you know, when I can and whatnot. And I was, yeah, I was training for the shows while I was doing that because I needed, and you know, make, yeah. you know, I, all that competing and all that, it, it adds up. You your dress, your just a registration alone, you know, bikini, yeah. we want it all bedazzled, everything. So I was paying for everything myself. So I had to get a coach also, right? Yeah, you had to pay for the, for. Coach, the trainer, oh travel to Vegas for the show, everything. You know, I was young and I, I did it all on my own with, with hustling and working. And wow. So that was a, I look back cause I'm like, I don't know how I actually did stick to my diet while I was in a restaurant working till mid because usually I'd have to like stop eating by like eight yeah or if I did eat it had to be like chicken and rice or whatever it was and I was surrounded by this you know food coming up smelling yeah (laughs) talk about mental fortitude discipline my god I mean you must have had something that you were striving for because that's hard like you must have been dedicated but to, to have that level of dedication while you were doing these bikini competitions there must have been something that you were trying to aim for at least, right? Before the tough, uh, tough enough, you said? Yes. So what yeah. was the thing that you were trying to shoot for that allowed you to have that level of discipline? I guess it was more like, I, I was very focused on like building a brand. I didn't really know what the brand was though. Like I was yeah. like, I guess because I was looking on, you know, social media a lot and I could, I see like, um, like for instance, Bella Falcone was with working with USN. I don't know if you know her. She's um, from Brazil, but she was working with USN with me at the time, and she was mm-hmm. already at like you know a million followers or whatever it was. And I I looked up to her in the sense of like wow, like she has this really cool brand already, and like she's and she, and I just got signed with USN, same company. So I yeah. felt like you know I kind of like 
she inspired me to get to that, you know, where she was. And, um, and I didn't really know where it was going to go though, to be honest. Yeah. Like, it when was I a little back, scary for you yeah, at that time? a little bit. I just, scary, when I exciting. think back, I'm just, I, I, I knew I could, like, I knew I had a talent in me somewhere, but I didn't like know what it was. And mm. I knew like, like I, I, I wouldn't tell you that I knew that I would be in WWE because I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't know that I'd be, I'd be here. But um, it was like a moment of like a weird moment when I was on stage that like, and a, my friend, a couple other people said it too. They were like, this, you're going to go somewhere with this. But mm. I don't know. Was it just like your presence and the, yeah. the confidence that you had confidence, in front of people? I think it was. It was yeah. more about a confidence thing because I, like I said, I didn't know much about it. I didn't really know what I was doing. But that was one of the things like the CEO of WBFF would say when he first saw me. He's like, you have a presence, you know, to be on stage. You have a certain presence that yeah. like kind of. Vince, uh, WWF you said? Um, sorry, WBFF. Oh, okay, um, okay. was the one for that that said it. That was with competing. Gotcha. The CEO of WBFF, yeah. Gotcha. So. Yeah, the unique thing about being in WWE is not just the physical presence, but the verbal presence as well. You yes. have to be an amazing communicator in a specific way too, mm-hmm. right? To entertain yep. in Promo. this like, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. in a promotional way. Is that something you've had to grow into and, and train yourself to do? Because you had the physical it's training, yeah. of course, but the, the verbal side is, is a unique thing. Yeah, for you. and that's a huge part of it. You know, if yeah. you, you can't just be a good wrestler in the ring. You got to, right. I mean, and, and some people are better at, at, you know, some people are better at wrestling in the ring as opposed to being on the mic. But I think, you know, the, the best um, characters are like, you know, you can sit there and talk on a mic and, and really, you know, make the people feel a certain way. And that's all, yes. you know, that's what we do. But yeah, you do a lot. We did a lot of practicing and promo class and stuff like that in the developmental NXT. I was in NXT for like two years. Um, it's a lot of it's like confidence too. It's like, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't even know what I'm saying or if this is making sense, but if it's like, you just deliver it in a way that you own it. Exactly. Like, and that was the thing that I I knew I had from the get go. And then it was really just like owning my craft of like, okay, now let's like actually make sense. And let's like, let's, you know, put it all together as far as like what your character is and what your character would say and do and doing it in front of a crowd obviously is a lot different than just doing it, you know, in your room in front of your stuffed yeah. animals or something. Yeah. <laughs> also, the way you talk. Maybe is, that helped me, though. Maybe it did. Maybe <laughs> the way – I mean, the stuffed animals, you're, you're kind of talking to the children, whereas it's a different different tone a little For bit, sure. right? For sure, yeah. 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 Um, and they're not reacting. You know, I wasn't getting yeah, caught or no booed. One's, no so one's I booing you. <laughs> no one's screaming out. back then. <laughs> Man. We'll definitely get into that, but I, I want to know how you transition from being in these bikini competitions to tough enough and then finally getting into the WWE, what was that transition like? And I want to know a little bit about how you or the organization started to develop your character, Mandy Rose, mm-hmm. uh, which is your WWE name. Is that, is that yeah. something you want to use after WWE? Is that something they own? Um, like Mandy the rock Rose or something? Mandy Rose they own, yeah. Yes. But my real name's Amanda Rose Sakamano. So yes. not far off. Not far but, off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, everyone calls me Mandy, so... Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So when they when they first, I guess, got you into the organization, did they already have a character in mind that they wanted to formulate with you, or did you so, have an idea? Yeah, everyone's different, of course, when they um, get hired or signed and where they come from, whatever it is. So, like my situation, I was on the reality show Tough Enough. So, yeah. the way it worked out was just. I don't know how it worked out, but I ended up being the big B-I-T-C-H on the show. I was the bad girl. I, you know, it just worked out like that. And um, Yeah. Why do you think that was? Well, I guess maybe 
it's reality, of course. So like, you know, there's drama and there's fights and everything and part of it's stage and part of it's not and whatever it is. But um, the, I don't know, it was weird. Right off the bat, for some reason, the fans, like, they wanted to hate me already. And I didn't mm. even do much. Like, maybe it's just because of my presence, the way I look, and they just maybe thought that I wasn't cut out for this is what I assume is what it probably was. Mm. Because of the way, I, you know, I was, like, almost like, you know, the bikini bombshell and that, like, oh, she probably like very stereotypical wrestle. blonde exactly. look. Yes. Yes. But, of course, I, you know, I've proven that I can and I can work and whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah. from that, from the show, it started there. Like, my character developed there. And all of a sudden, it kind of, like, we just played it, played up, played it up. And we just kept playing it up. And I, you know, from certain people, they were like, no. They were like, I know, just just go with this. Mm. And I just started going. And I people saw a side of me that, like, a lot of people had never even seen. Like, my dad kind of hated it because people would come in and they were like, oh, my God, your daughter. Like, what? How, why is she such a, you know, on TV? And my dad's like, oh, no, I know. I don't like – because I was like, I was mean. Yeah. But I was playing a role. And at the time, I was kind of like, I don't know. This isn't – it's TV for me, even though it's reality TV and, like, mm. it's supposed to be real. But, I mean, we all know reality TV ain't that real. <laughs> well, this is something you openly talk about, which is when – it's just – um, this this fear of feeling, or like at least being perceived, misperceived, I guess, yes. of um, this more like stereotypical character where mm-hmm. people may underestimate your actual ability. Yeah. Right. Because it it must and have happened. Did. Yeah. And you, even like growing up, you mentioned that a lot of people, even like especially guys, I imagine they were not just because your older brothers yeah, that yeah. would be <laughs> randomly punch them, uh, <laughs> but you felt that they were intimidated in many ways to yes. even approach you. Yes. This is what a lot of people actually don't understand is like. Sometimes a lot of the the most beautiful girls they don't get approached a lot. Yeah. Whereas a lot of guys think that they're always being approached, so they don't want to sure. make the effort. But uh, well, I'm sure you get approached a lot, but no, I'm, I know, I'm sure I the intimidation factor that that's Definitely. a huge thing. So and it's that's late, actually yeah. it's funny you say that because that was a big thing in high school. Which I I'm also one of those people where I'm not like. And I'm not going to say I'm not friendly, but I'm also like, I don't walk around with like a huge smile on my face all the time sometimes. So sometimes it comes yeah. off as a little bit like she's like unapproachable, which I'm really not. I'm very nice when you talk to me and all, but I yes. just, I'm not your average like, oh my God, I, I need to involve. Like, I'm, I don't know, just not in me. Do you have the resting, resting bitch face. face. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. We swear all um, the time. Yes, I do. And I had that in high school. And people mm. used to tell me walking down the hall, actually older girls that were friends with my brother used to say that like, yeah, you always kind of like had that look to you and like was kind of like didn't a little afraid, didn't want to talk to you. And now yeah. I look back at it and I'm like, oh my God, like I could see that totally. Right. But I think it's just part of who I am. And and I get that now today. Like I get that, you know, in everyday life, like when people, I, I'm sometimes misperceived. Like they, right. they have this, and of course, you know, you know, not just blow smoke up you know i'm not i'm not being cocky or anything but like you know the way i look and all sometimes it's intimidating to to approach to be you know to come up to it to come up to me but i'm like i'm very sweet when you start to talk to me of course but i'm just not like kiss ass i should say yeah well people see you in the wwe (laughs) as well so they do see that side and they may not know who you are in person so when you do see a fan who's obviously a fan and they come to approach you How do you deal with that? Do you are you still in character? Do they tell you to be in character? Or? I mean, it all depends. Everyone's different. Some yeah. people like to stay and kind of, you know, I I don't personally. I like to sign autographs and take pictures just because you know these these fans uh, they're diehard fans and yeah. they're they're supporting us. You know, we wouldn't be here without them. So I I think of it like that. And um, 
and it all depends, of course. Like, I mean, our fans come everywhere, airports. I mean, they find us Damn. everywhere. So you see them today in the morning? Uh, today, I didn't actually. Okay, good. LAX, I don't usually see them that much. It, it's usually at shows when they know where we're going right. to be. So, you know, they'll come find us. And sometimes it is like you're trying to get your flight and you're rushing and it's like, no, sorry. And like it could come off like being rude. Oh, yeah, for but sure. sometimes you just got to realize, you know. You gotta, you gotta, you know, do what you gotta do. It's, gotta say it's no. just not the right time. Yeah, but I, I do try to stop for my fans because you know, they're they're supporting me. So it's right, like, but it is um, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Imagine you have to adjust to it because it's, I mean, it's exhausting. Even even just like putting on extra energy when you're giving a talk, like oh, that yeah. in itself is already so exhausting. Mm-hmm. So, have you like tr- how did you train yourself to play this character? And then, like, completely be yourself in person, or do you still stay in character sometimes because well, you're so used yeah. to it? Well, I honestly, like, personally, I my character is like, like Mandy Rose is just like Amanda times a hundred. I think like there are mm. so many things, and and I think and they say usually like those are the best characters when like there's a lot of authenticity yeah. to the person, and it comes off you know um, the most authentic and real because it's yeah. like it's believable. You always, you know, you want your character be, to be believable. Yes. Um, and I think I'm the most confident when it's like, it's, it's true to my heart and I'm saying something that I truly believe in and it comes out like that. So for me, it's just like, you know, I'll just be a little, you know, Amanda is just a little bit more relaxed. She's not yes. as like hyped up all the time or like as mean sometimes on TV than I, <laughs> I am. But it's, Are they disappointed that you're, that you're not that mean in person? Um, like, Damn. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No one really has. I think some people probably think I am. So they probably, yes. some people don't even approach me. I'm like, good, stay away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's the same thing with comedy. The the funniest lines or the funniest jokes are when there is this um, side of truth. Like there is a bit of truth in it, but you're exaggerating it or you're putting a different spin in it. Yeah. So I think think it makes sense that this character, Mandy Rose, is is still authentically herself. He's just on steroids in many sense. Exactly. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Um, and I know Sonia Deville is your your best friend. Yes. And she had a similar reaction when you guys first met, which was like when the moment you started talking mm-hmm. was when she realized, oh, like she's gonna be Yeah. She's gonna be my she's best friend. Still, yeah. Yeah. And she always tells this story to everyone too, because um she says that, you know, when she she was a little like, Oh, look at this one. Cause I mean I was like I decked I was decked out. I had like these big hoop earrings, these like Oh, you went all out. Describe. Yeah, it yeah, was, like, yeah. It was a tryout. I had to, you know, I'm from <laughs> New York and I had like the accent, whatever. Yes. And, and but she's from Jer- you know, South Jersey. So like she kinda was like eyeing me, like, Oh, I don't know about this one, she always says. And when she said like, What's up to me? She's like, Hey, how you doing? And I just turned around, I'm like, Oh good, how are you? Like very like normal. She was like, Oh shit. Like she thought I was I think she thought I was probably gonna be like Valley Girl if if anything. Uh, like, but she oh didn't my God. Know. Yeah, like very like kinda like, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Which I'm not, but um and then the, we just hit it off and since from Tough Enough we like jumped into the same room because there was our beds were just like stacked like it was yeah. really kind of funny and we were like near each other and then we've just been best friends since right and you guys have really been there side by side growing growing each yeah, other's careers and, and we didn't plan any presence of it. yeah for oh you like, didn't well we've always we were training together of course in NXT we tagged together like yeah. here and there we've um fought each other and then our debut Monday Night Raw was together which we weren't like a established tag team so it yeah wasn't like we knew we were coming up like the way we got brought up was like just really ironic kind of in a way and right we've just been you know together since so yeah it's a blessing we are so happy we were together yeah i mean it's, you guys make a good match yeah yeah and uh, we have each other outside of it too like yeah the, you know driving to towns together alone, grabbing donuts night, grabbing donuts eating yeah 
you know, it's what we do best. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people may know her uh, as the first openly gay female wrestler in the mm-hmm. WWE. There is some rumors that I've, as I was doing research, that you guys maybe or have been romantically involved. What's can we clear that up here while we're on air? Oh uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, uh, no romance between us. No Best romance. friends only. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I if anything, we treat each other like we're like sisters, so yeah. it kind of be a little creepy, um, in that sense. But yeah, we're we're just best friends, and we mm. just. We're almost like the same person. It's weird. We're like twin energies. But you guys yeah, like we finish each other's sentences. Yeah, yeah and... like really crazy. We always do that. Yeah. But yet we are so different too. Right. Like as you can see, we are very different. But we do yeah. just, you know, similar like morals and values and just the way we were raised and stuff. So it's um, it's crazy. But yeah, none of that. <laughs> I, I, I saw in the interview though, you guys were at least, at least trying to pitch to the WWE producers that this could be a storyline though. Mm-hmm. To at least promote the LGBT community, yeah. is that something you guys are still pursuing? Yeah, I don't think you... we're ever going to give up on that. I think there's always hope. Hopefully, yeah. Um, we just—it's one of those things we just never know. You know, we, yeah. It'd be really awesome to represent the LGBTQ community um, and you know showcase that. But I don't yeah. know if it's anything you know in the future that we can do. Or... What, what do you think is the is like the barrier for the producers to to full on, to to go out on? Is that like for sponsors is that like just controversial what do you what do you think i think it's just everything really i mean it is something they've never done before too so you know could be controversial um yeah i don't really know the answer to be honest it's it's kind of like out of our control you know yeah yeah i mean we were just talking off air that i imagine the there's like a fan base where there is more of a conservative audience that watch wwe so yeah maybe there is potentially some backlash or maybe people will understand yeah. it and i feel like just yeah. there's, there's backlash with like a lot of different things too nowadays i mean everything these everything, days yeah just... so it's like what makes you know what makes that different you know and I yeah think it's, it's more about just making it like be the norm like you know it, it's not different why does that have to be different we're going to make it different and then it's going to be something but might as well just you know it's it's everyday life in today's society so right right, right. You know? but there's more controversial things that for that sure. exists that yeah. this really shouldn't be a big of a deal. Yeah. So, um, so and the other thing is there's now cr- a lot of crossovers. We have Ronda Rousey that just came in from the UFC mm-hmm. to the WWE. What are your what was like your reaction to that when you first heard about that? I mean, it was really cool for WWE as a whole. I think, and for all the women, you know, put it kind of made all the women want to compete even more, and maybe you know be more competitive in a sense but also like it's a cool you know crossover yeah to have someone so big like ronda rousey come to wwe and you know she was always a fan growing up too which is really cool right and um to have her you know come and kind of and actually it's it's funny because we actually helped train her in nxt oh no way yeah sonia and i we um helped train her when it was like more top secret when nobody knew she was coming and we didn't even know she was coming we thought maybe just for like a one-off or something you know oh, she didn't even event. mention it to you guys no okay. it was very top secret and we mm. um they had like the things up the curtains up and stuff and sonia and i would help train her in nxt i took a couple hard punches from her not gonna lie oh damn oh, stay in the ufc <laughs> oh, yes. oh, i don't want to compete with yeah, you exactly we joke around about it i was like let me take a break real quick <laughs> but no she was really cool and yeah like, i mean it's a huge cool woman's to be able to do that, yeah. huge woman's move it just in general it's, 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 yeah as long as she's able to really put that in the in in, in the eyes of people i think it's sure. probably a good message for everyone definitely 
Um, speaking of training, I was looking to get into uh, more about the mechanics of, of how you train as a wrestler because it's, I mean, not only verbally, but just physically how you train your body on a day-to-day basis to be able to have that level of impact so you don't die when Ronda Rousey punches you. Right. What's that? What's that like? No. Yeah, <laughs> no training. You can help that. Yeah. yeah, this is reincarnation at, in life. Um, so it's a lot different, and obviously, my training prior was bodybuilding training, and like at that point, I started training with a strength and conditioning coach, which actually really helped me because it was different than just heavy lifting. Yeah, it was a lot of mobility and. Um, agility work and all that. And it really helped my cardio, which I felt like I was in the best shape when I first um, started tough enough. So Mm -hmm. it was like great timing for that. But wrestling training is of course very different. Like of course you need your cardio, your stamina, which like I had, which was great, but it's like a different type of cardio. It's like, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's very, it's hard to explain too. Cause it's like, I could like, like I, at first, um, challenge and tough enough I beat I smoked everyone all the girls there was one guy that beat me and I smoked all the guys and it was the oh, challenge whoa. was insane and that's when I said my cardio was at its best we what were was in it Orlando Florida at the Citrus Bowl and we had to drag body weight bags our our um weight bags down and up back the field football field yeah I don't know if I'm saying everything. I'm trying to remember everything. But that we had to do back back and forth. Then we had to do something else and then run up the whole sta- um, stairs at the yeah. stadium. So, like, we were literally dying. Like, And when we got to the top, like, we dead. But for some – I don't know what your adrenaline, I think, too, is another thing. Like, my for adrenaline sure. was just going and I just pushed through. But in the ring, it's different. It's like you can have a 20-minute match and like you really have to like – there's so many things you need to like focus on too. Yep. And like facials and remembering everything and, you know, you're getting hit for real sometimes and I mean most of the time and, yeah. and getting banged up and stuff. Like there are so many different factors that like apply with it that it's like so different than like just, you know, running a marathon or something. Completely like, different. It's, yeah. It's crazy. So how, how did you train for, like, is there, because you have to probably train your flexibility mm-hmm. as well so that you can do yep. all these different, you have to memorize the, the coordinations. Yep. You have to remember what to say after certain things. You have a promo after your match. Forget about it. You're, you're blown up. You got to get behind that mic and remember what oh you had to say to remember. God. Yeah, those are the worst. Um, but yeah, it's just practice and um, routine. And like I said, like, the more confident you you are out there, like, most of the time, to be honest, too, in my NXT, like a lot of my matches, like I don't even like to watch them because I'm like cringe with like things that I did because I didn't know much. Uh, but like I would do things and like, yeah, maybe I didn't know like the in-between stuff or how to um like properly do the moves. But like I, I felt like I had a presence about me that like even if I made it look like I was able to do it and the confidence, right. it kind of came off like, oh, okay, maybe she belongs here. You know what I mean? Yeah, because people. Even, especially the fans, they're not going to know exactly, exactly the details, right? As long right. as you're and presenting yourself. And they don't yourself. know when, you know, something isn't as planned or doesn't, you know, something happens and there's yeah. things that always happen in matches. So it's like you got to be able to like on the fly go with, you know, what you feel, your gut mm. safely with your partner, you know, so – or your opponent, I should say. So Yeah. Is there a story where just something maybe in the early days where – just like something went completely off guard oh gosh, and you're just so like, what the fuck? What do I do? So many stories. What's one that, you, that still sticks to you? Um, i trying to remember one specifically. Oh, so it was a, it was like a, I think it was a regular tag match. 
and Sonia was in it. So we we just brought it up recently, actually, because we had like a bad flashback of doing the same spot and we Uh-oh. didn't want to do it because we messed it up in NXT. So it like yeah, forever yeah. Stood, was stuck with us. It was something where we pulled the one of the opponents off the apron, but it had to be the same time as like the tag was supposed to happen and mm. we missed it. And the but the whole rest of the match had to get switched because that was like a big part of the spot. Yeah, and we just all like froze. Like thank God, you know NXT is all about learning and and you know it's developmental and now it's a huge brand and it's live on TV, so it's a lot bigger too now. But it's like, you know, thankfully it wasn't just like a show in Ocala or something, a small crowd, and we made it work. And you you learn so much from those situations. Sure. So like I'm happy that they did happen because I wouldn't know what to do nowadays if I was on TV but yeah. thankfully it did happen and now we can like readjust our brain to like oh let's you know get back to where so mm. like it for sure happens all the time and it still does because things yeah. you know people forget things and whatnot but and it's kind of scary in the moment and then I imagine back and you get screamed at sometimes and like, what's <laughs> that I'm like oh, I don't know <laughs> yeah and, and all, a lot of it is also like having the right partner right like an improv yeah. or if you're doing stand-up comedy there is this like level of trust that you get when you work with people enough. For sure. So is that why with with Sonia, I guess, even if there was a screw up or you guys do forget certain things, I imagine you guys are so comfortable with each other and you yes. know you know what each other is thinking. Almost, yeah, right? we know what each it's other's like thinking. Yeah. Telepathic For communication sure. level. Yeah. Which helps and that's the whole, you know, reason behind having good chemistry with someone or yes. good chemistry with your opponent in the ring is really important. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's a crazy schedule, I imagine, because of all the things that we just mentioned, yes. like from, from the verbal to the physical. Um, I saw the documentary that you guys did with your parents. Oh, gosh. And yeah. the, when, when you tear it up because of the fact of how crazy your schedule is, yeah. because you can't see your nephew and, and your niece. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my brother just got married two months ago, and it was like my first time coming back to Vancouver in a year. Mm-hmm. And I saw my I saw my niece and she's talking for the first time. And you're like, where did the time go? Right? I'm like, I know. she was like a small. She didn't even have hair like yeah. a year ago, and now she's got hair. She's it's like, crazy like, how fast, even crazy. faster they grow when you're not around them. Of course, yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's hard. You know, we're 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 always on the road. You're away from your family. You know, you miss a lot of things. It's um, it's a struggle, but you know, it's. It's also the career I chose and, yeah. you know, but it, it is hard, especially I come from a big family and all my brothers have kids and, you know, right. Italian, Italian yep. family, Italian, big Italian family. So it is hard, but it's cool because they get to come to a lot of shows and I get to have them like, you know, meet people backstage and the kids like seeing their faces light up. It kind of is all worth it. For stuff. sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, having the right diet nutrition is, is probably a big thing for you to keep up your energy. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a wrap up. I want to dig deep into what your diet looks like from mm-hmm. the morning to your breakfast to what you eat for dinner. Okay. I think that'll help a lot of people obviously to know how you actually maintain all this energy and this, this yeah, fitness level. Sure. Uh, walk us through that. Sure. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm all about consistency and balance. So of course my diet isn't as strict as it used to be when I was competing, but I yeah. physically and mentally can't do that anymore because I love food and I'm always on the road. And sometimes the only thing I can get at night, late at night is like, you know, mcdonald's or something i do do that sometimes. you do yeah, that's your cheat meal I, I, yeah yeah well it, sometimes we have no other option nothing's open late at oh, night and we need to, so you know if you see my instagram and i'm eating mcdonald's and stuff don't come at me so but basically um my diet consists like the morning i do um i do usually two over easy eggs on Dave's Killer Bread Bagels. Have you ever had Dave's Killer Bread? No, I haven't. Is okay. that a New York thing? No, Florida. I think my 
Yeah, California. Oh, is it? Okay. So the bagels are amazing because they taste like regular bagels, especially the everything bagels. So right. Dave's Killer Bread bagels, amazing. Um, and it feels like you're eating a regular bagel. So whatever. Okay. Two over easy eggs on, on a bagel for breakfast. I usually then work out. I usually have my protein shake after I work out. Consists of scoop away protein, a banana, usually almond butter, peanut butter, water, and ice. Mm-hmm. Um, then my second meal is usually something – some sort of protein. I'm not super strict that much anymore. Like it's either turkey, chicken, tuna, um, with some carbs. Like I used to be a little bit more strict, brown rice, you know, yeah, those type of carbs. But now I'm a little, like I'll have white rice here and there and I'll have, um, maybe pasta here and there and stuff like What's that. What's the reason you know for I mean? <laughs> like loosening? I was just like, fuck it. This is life. Yeah, <laughs> that too. And also yeah. it's not like I'm, Maybe I have such a base now and I've built such a base that I – and I train so much that it doesn't affect me negatively. So, mm. I mean, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but it's also like maybe partly genetic, but also um, if like I'm maybe doing – maybe I'm kind of doing like a fit your macros too, if it fits your macros, but I'm yeah. not intentionally doing it because if it's ha- I'm having smaller meals throughout the day. So, um, yeah, it just doesn't affect me right now that, you know. I'm loving the way my body is right now yeah. and it's, it's a little bit like thicker than it normally is, but it's more doable for my, um, lifestyle and career right now and stuff. Yeah. So, and then I don't really, I used to do like four meals a day when I was competing. Now I'm like more at three. Mm. So, you know, I'm probably eating a little bit less, but eating a little bit worse. Cal- you know, as far as like, <laughs> that's like, your excuse, right? Yeah. yeah that's my excuse you're eating right one now. less meal yeah, a day. I'm just trying to be honest. You yeah. Know, I don't yeah. want to, you know, no false advertising yeah. here. Um, but dinner, I try to do kind of the same thing, like a, a good protein, um, maybe some steak here and there and, um, you know, a good, good carb. I try to sometimes cut my, if I'm, if I'm trying to lean out, I'll try to cut my carbs out at night yeah. and, um, you know, and just kind of do the carbs in the morning and the afternoon. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of it really. I mean, like, like I said, on the road, sometimes it's really hard though. We just kind of get what we can get sometimes and it. But then I'll I'll be in the gym in the morning working out, sweating it out, and I feel yeah. like you know, it hasn't hasn't affected me. So yeah, I'm I'm I am wary of giving like very general fitness advice because of the fact that you work out like crazy. Yeah, and your entire career is is, is built around being For active. Sure. So and it's been a long time. Like I've and been it's been training a while. and building this muscle for a good, you know, 10 years now almost. So it's like, yeah, you know, I have a good base. And like, if I do go off here and there, it doesn't affect me, which everyone's yes. different. Everyone starts at different times, you know, and has different goals as well. Yes. And genetics. It, it seems like you've got good I, yeah, genetics I mean, as well. Yeah, I mean, my dad has like his oblique still and he's like 61. So I'm like, Damn. maybe, I mean, and he doesn't work. He used to work out a little bit, but yeah, yeah. his diet's not good. People hate it when you talk, like I have a similar thing. I can eat like a whole cake oh, and yeah. like I would lose weight if I don't, yeah. you know. That's like my brother actually. People hate hearing that though, right? Oh, Such a first world problem. That. That <laughs> yeah, let's end on a positive like, Really? That's what happens? <laughs> uh, so again, thank you so much for making the time to come on. We usually end the podcast by giving the listeners an actionable advice, tip, whether it's for their career, their 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 confidence, their mindset. Um, what's one piece of wisdom or, or tip that they can do after listening to this podcast? Um, I would say my biggest tip and like experience so far would be kind of just like taking risks because like my whole career and, and um, life – till now is like, I never knew I'd end up in WWE. I never knew I'd 
you know, become a bikini world champion. I always thought maybe this is my path to go to school and graduate and get that degree, yeah. and, you know, do the norm, we should say. Um, but, and I did it and I, you know, and I don't, re- there's no regrets, but you know, you never know where you're going to end up. So it's like, if someone comes to you and thinks there's, you know, this might be a good opportunity for you and maybe you're a little iffy about it, you know, see, take, take, take the risk. What's the worst thing that could happen? So that's like my yes. biggest advice I would say. Gotcha. Any young girls talking to stuffed animals in their rooms? <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Dream you never big. Know you can always be WWE superstar. You never know where you're going to end up. That's yeah. it. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Yes. You also have an app that's coming out and yeah, you've got a beauty Amazon line of products that are coming about, out. Yeah, so really talk to us a little bit about before we close out. Yeah. So, um, and it's all full circle because of course my app fit with Mandy app, um, that's been out. It's a 20, uh, sorry, 12 week at home program, um, yeah. skilled for all different, um, skill levels, males, females, different ages. It's basically, it requires little to no equipment. So you can do this anywhere. Yeah. You can um, do this in your hotel room, and I designed this specifically for that because I am traveling all around the world and don't really get you know access to nice gyms all the time. So right. you can do this anywhere. Like we can do this right here, which maybe I'll show we're you. Gonna do, we're exactly. going to do a minute of it pretty so soon. So there's that. Yeah. And then um, also a skincare line that we'll be launching in February, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's basically been in the works for a while with my partner, Jazz Mather, and mm. um, it's Another some another um, thing that's very uh, influential with me because it's like you know my my uh, health side of it training and staying active and all that but also the beauty side of it you know traveling around the world in different time zones and different um, you know all these different flights and to have yeah. like a specific regimen is really important to me because I never really did and up until now yeah. um, finding these you know products that we've been working with and um, developing this has really changed a lot. So yeah, really excited about that. And, um, well, you do have great skin. Did oh, you ever, did you have like problems with it growing up? Is no, that why I never had problems? I just, um, ever since I started traveling, I noticed I started getting a little acne here and there, which I never really did. Right. So I was a little kind of confused, but it was more of like the different, um, you know, climates and, and just in different, in different airport every other day. And, you know, it's, it's gross and you feel, you feel so nasty when you get off a plane. Like, so it's, and wrestling, of course, you know, yeah. you're wrestling and <laughs> hanging, you know, touching other people's yes. skin all the time. It's just whatever. So the mat and all that. So it's, so yeah, it, it developed later on. And now, now that's why like, I'm very strict with my regimen and my routine because it's really important to me. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Can't wait to see it come out. All right. Check out Amaro's guys and check out Mandy's fitness app. Thanks for listening. Awesome. Thanks for reminding me. Sometimes you get I was going to remind you too you, afterwards, you just, but I didn't want to. Yeah, wanna... you just forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you get into it. Mm-hmm.